Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You are listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. What's happening? What's, What's happening? What's, What's happening? happening? Hey, Yo. hey, hey. <laughs> it's Dope Knife in the house. That was a nice little, that was a little uh, departure from what we, what we usually do. It's like, yeah, little, switch like, it up. Yeah, you know. You know. Creeping in there. We're brothers. <laughs> we're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a hug. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, what's going on? Dope knife, Lynn Franco, waiting on reparation. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what it is. Um, how you doing? Sorry, right, still on the like road, I've right? Been, um, like, like I uh, been swept through a, I don't know, like a what's it, a tumble tumbleweed. Like I've been uh, rolling rolling across the country inside of a tumbleweed. I somewhat have yes. been. Um, You're still on the road, right? I'm on the road. Yep, I made it to New Orleans. Got my last show of the tour tonight, and then um, get back to my adorable baby at home That's who I'm missing. <laughs> I'm never doing this again. I miss him so much. This is dumb. It Rat sounds like you're. It sounds like you're in a more comfortable place to record to today because like yes, last time, last time it sounded like you were in a prison camp. You're trying to be quiet about the guards and shit. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my last transmission before I was never heard of again. We have to fight for reparations. Oh no, they're coming! Oh no, they're coming! <laughs> yeah, how are you though? What's good with you? I'm good. I had some North Carolina shows over the weekend. Um, I had a St. Patty's Day show here in Savannah. It was cool. It was cool. It was a nice little weekend of performing and stuff like that. I'm starting to gear back up into it because I just made the announcement uh, yesterday that I'm I'm actually doing like a you know pretty much like a full like five six dates or something like that in April. So oh, that's what it is. Yeah, I was yeah, saying that, and I was like, oh shit, you out here out here. Yeah, that's coming up soon, so I, I gotta start getting mentally prepared for that grind and shit like that. You know, when you when you just go do these little weekend runs, it's not even really like a thing like that. You know, so I don't I'm even I don't even like call that. I don't know, like I don't even know if I can do that anymore. I mean, granted, I've been gone for like nine days now, so this yeah, is I mean, kind of like a like a. Ugh. But well, like, I mean, you, you can work out like some sort of thing where you can do that like every few months. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty much what everybody else does anyway. So yeah. But I was like, so I'm booked. So we got a show together in Savannah in April, or trying to, and like I got a little, yeah. or something, sometime soon. I don't know if I misquoted, but like I was looking at my, but see, this is what I always do wrong. That's the 30th. Right? I'm like, oh, I can do little weekends here or there. And then I booked like two whole months of weekends on accident. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck my life. That's uh, the 30th um, that we're doing that Savannah show, right? Say what now? That's the 30th we're doing that, right? Yeah, the 30th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to yeah. be back. So what's hilarious yeah, about nice. that is I'm going to be down there for the uh, the um, conference of uh, Georgia County Commissioners that they oh, have once a year, the annual conference they have for County Commissioners of Georgia. They have it every is year that, in Savannah. Is that what was going on last time that we did so last time, I appreciate the last time I played a show in Savannah, I was down here for this conference. Is the mayor about, of Athens like, going to pop in? Say what now? Is the mayor of Athens going to pop in on us? He might pop in. He might pop in. Yes, he might. <laughs> um, we got some new commissioners on board. Might have them roll up. Uh, 
That's, that's what's so up. Funny, they, can that's the, funny. they can see the whole shebang then. They can see I'm no joke. Like, this is a real time job, bitches. This is not a hobby. So, we got a. So we got a dope show for y'all today. We're going to be talking with streamer and activist Mika Gadsden. I even feel weird describing her as just that. She does like I almost so want to call things. her like a historian too. Like she knows yeah. about, she's got all the receipts, um, environmental justice, like, like, like intersections in her work are just fascinating. So yeah, we got a lot, um, a lot of love for Mika. Really glad she came on, but we'll talk to her in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, though, we got to talk about our least favorite but most discussed subject, uh, just because he's in the news. But we gotta, we gotta, we might have to talk about Kanye West. <laughs> oh, oh God, really? <laughs> I mean, you know, when somebody came up to me the other day, like someone who is like a genuine <laughs> fan of the podcast, and they were like, Kanye does a lot of stuff that makes you guys have to talk about. <laughs> But all right, so what is going on? Kanye is just to—he's—he's he's divorcing with Kim Kardashian, yada yada, beefing with a bunch of people because of the situation. He's pretty much stalking her like online and publicly and shit. But um, yeah. so some comedians have weighed in on this. Trevor Noah weighed in. Uh-oh. DL Hewley has weighed in, and Uh-oh. pretty much Isn't all of them funny? saying, all of them saying pretty much reasonable things like hey this is stalking if this dude wasn't a millionaire billionaire musical genius whatever y'all call him cops would probably be involved this could lead to abuse this could lead to whatever whatever you know making commentary on that won't leave her alone blah 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 beefing with her, her new boyfriend pete davison they're exchanging text messages it's all really messy it's all very jerry springer it's funny uh... right but in response to D.L. Hughley, so he says, this is all one sentence too, it's, it doesn't doesn't break. So, okay, let me start again. We gonna stop letting practicing drug addicts be used by leftists to willy lynch our future black people with our own opinion are not allowed to speak in public. I am the glitch. D.L., God does not like you. You have no favor. Your family hates you. I would hate to be related to someone who used to be famous. Now you just known as a broke pawn. At least Oprah got billions, quote, allegedly. Come on, leftists. Y'all gotta do better than DL. This yay. Bring the real smoke, baby. Show your real face. Charlemagne the God just don't hit the same way, do he? Who y'all gonna send now? God is with us. You send DL against us. You've lost no brilliant Hebrews will bow to y'all no more only dumbass drug addicted house niggas don't play with me don't play with god anybody related to dl call chris okay a bunch of kanye rambling stuff but the thing that stuck out to me was his use of the term leftist and i noticed because i'm punching first of all i'm punching myself in the face i don't know if you can hear that I just wanted to, to, to transcribe, since this is an audio show, that I am punching <laughs> myself in the face right now. Okay, go on, please. All of the expected creatures are obviously all out there now. All of them are coming out, and they're like, yes, Kanye, tell those leftists, tell the best. Did he blah, use blah. the word? Like, I would, I would dare him to, like, like define what a, like, oh, shit, fucking... I mean, that's, that's, that's applying too much rationality to it, I think. Yeah. Because, like, for me, it's not even necessarily paying attention to Kanye, but looking at the right wing's reaction to him and this situation. And now, like, I mean, obviously Kanye, he wore the MAGA hat, he visited with Trump, he did all that stuff. But really, if you think about this situation, it's like they're finding solidarity, solidarity with this dude at this particular moment on the basis that he's harassing his wife. You know what I mean? Like that's like, that is that's the leftist attack. The leftist attack is, hey, don't like harass your wife and threaten to like kill people online, which is why he got he uh, got uh, booted from the Grammys. He was supposed to perform and they booted him because of he like he's making like threats to DL and Trevor like I've got I have enough money to get you hurt. I know where you live like shit like that, right? So they they yeah. they they kicked him off the Grammys, and that is now the right wings. They're canceling Kanye. Uh, you know, just to just to further demonstrate that this canceling woke cancel culture shit that they're talking about, it's like really it's rooted in are you trying to be a decent person or not? 
Because if you're trying to be a decent person, then that's woke, that's bad, that's cancel culture. This really is reminiscent to me. I was learning yesterday that um, Josh Hawley, um, I believe senator from Missouri, is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, has endorsed Herschel Walker for Georgia Senate. Um, yeah. If you're not familiar, uh, former um, Georgia football player, very famous, um, some has some problems, might have like beat the shit out of several women, including his ex-wife, allegedly. And um, so, um, so Holly's out here talking about how this like d- democratic candidate for, um, actually, let me. I think Nikki Haley came down to Georgia too, to campaign and raise some money with Herschel Walker. That is, uh, Nikki Haley, she was governor of South Carolina, correct? Um, she was, um... I think it was governor. She was governor. our, um, ambassador to the UN. But I mean before that. Okay, I don't... She, I don't didn't, do she didn't do nothing. She didn't do nothing. Oh, yeah, I ain't, I ain't even impressed by it. So Josh Hawley, what did he do besides accuse, uh, the Supreme Court nominee of supporting pedophilia? Yeah, Josh Hawley. Look, man, the the Republicans are now in this new thing where the same way that Putin is throwing around Nazi to to justify his war, now the Republicans are just like blanketly calling everybody a pedophile. Like, just everything, everybody for everything. Oh, is it like a QAnon kind of thing? Like... Well, not really. See, what they're saying, like, so she had a, uh, a, there was a case or something that she was hearing where someone was making an argument against, like, a mandatory sentencing for people who, I guess, indulge in child pornography. And the person who was arguing this was making the case that not everybody who's involved in it is involved in it for that reason. Like, there's, like, a bunch of factors that go in. So they were explaining this this reasoning to her for the sentencing and she was hearing their reasoning and was asking them questions so they've like sniffed out the questions that she was asking to say that this is what she was supporting that she has a history of doing it's really ugly stuff like really it's like pretty much demagoguery as close to it as you can get but it's it's bad shit oh my god but that that's that seems to be their new tactic just like at every level from online twitter discourse to now even politicians are just like oh we don't want this person to be nominated let's just float out there uncircumstanced circumstance how do you uncircumstantiated accusations but i i'm sorry what were you saying about josh Holland? so there's this democrat running for something in missouri i forgot about but he's got some he's got some like assault allegations against him and he's like if you if you beat your if you put your hands on a woman you should be in handcuffs not the senate or you know whatever uh meanwhile he's endorsed herschel walker though mm-hmm. who like long history of allegations of being shit out of women and so it's like literally like they go they're like go to like the bargain bin black people it's like oh what do you have what do you have left oh you don't have oh we're fresh out of Medgar Evers's oh we ain't got no dope knives I uh, um well I can't leave it empty handed cause we look in real we look in real sparse <laughs> my wife well, will I'll... kill me if I, don't, if I don't come home with something um but additionally I would say that like can we go back and talk about how we talk about the Hebrews real yeah, quick yeah but what I mean, what is that even, the whole, the whole thing is nonsensical. Like, what, I don't, you know, what is this nigga talking about? Well, I learned recently, so when I was at South by Southwest, I uh, encountered a group of, like, street preachers that were these black dudes with, like, big old beards wearing, like, punk rock, like, studded jackets with, like, um, uh, Stars of David on it, who were claiming to be of the Temple of the Israelites, and um, talking about how they're, like, like, black people are the real Jews, did and anybody like, photograph y'all? Like, Did anybody I'm... photograph y'all together? I hope not. I photographed them. I was like, "What the if, fuck am I witnessing right now?" I don't do not know if, what's going on. If and you like, run for higher office, that picture is going to come up of you with them, like Lingua Franca, inspiring yeah, <laughs> like, with the black on the ground, like, "What am I witnessing right now?" Like, how about <laughs> that? Um, no. So, I mean, I, then I was, I was then learning about how, like, in the ADOS. Like, I don't call you know. I don't know if you call it a movement or like circles, kind of hope happy ass like, yeah. like spiritual black people that are like, um, you know, kind of yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get into a whole. We need to do a whole episode on ADOS. But anyway, I didn't. I didn't know. Apparently, this is really a thing where um, 
Like, Which uh, sounds kind of like the, people think that black people are the real Jews, like the real children of God, in the way that Jews are, or something. Like, I don't know. I well, would, I mean, we the, the you know Ethiopian Jews are black. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not too familiar with the history in terms of like who was first or who wasn't. But it back to this Kanye thing. It definitely sounds like he is trying to perfect like a merger of hotep sentiment you know sentiment with like full-on modern day right-wing bad shittery and it's just you know it's curious curious because like now if you're you know you know when you're getting some some discourse with these fan groups and stuff like that and you know if, if you're like oh man i didn't like track number three on beyonce's last album then you find yourself like taking it from all sides and shit like that well this Kanye discourse just like you know like creeping through some comment sections and shit like that the the line between like some of these Kanye fans and like a full on MAGA lunatic is starting to get razor thin at this point razor thin Bizarre. And I'm not an elected politician so if, if you were if you if um I came back to you of 10 years ago in a, in a little time uh time machine i was like a time capsule that's not right um spaceship still wrong a time machine and told you 10 years from now kanye west is going to believe he is um uh blessed by god and that he um hates leftists and that he's threatening to murder dl hewley and um oh also sled slavery is fine or you know whatever he's uh, what would you think? Would you um, call for help? I'm glad you asked me that because, you know, I think we're going to have to do an episode someday of like criticizing hip hop from the left. You know what I mean? But I, I wouldn't if you told me that I wouldn't be surprised personally you know not not like i have any sort of like what up on anybody on knowledge or anything like that but when i started becoming just in my own mind when i started becoming more politically aware like around you know like post 9 11 2003 ish 2002 ish that sort of era is when i started having like my own political awakening and developing my own political worldview and shit like that being that was around the time when I first started like getting into rap and being a rapper and then I was noticing wait a minute there's a lot of right wing shit in this hip hop thing right now it's kind of just going around undetected that we're not even like paying attention to because of you know I don't know why like for for some reason we've got like this blind spot that is it's like yo if Kid Rock was saying this, we would all clearly see what it is. You know what I mean? So there were just aspects of, in particular, Kanye West's personality as a public figure and as an MC. Just to be honest with you, where I was like, "Oh, this beat is dope," but this this guy something. Yeah, I don't know if I really, I don't know if I'm fucking with this dude like that. You know what I mean? This is just me personally. So as time goes on, it's like one way you could interpret it is be like, "Oh, he's a diva." Or, oh, he's an asshole. Or, damn, Kanye's a real jerk. You know what I'm saying? But if you're, like, one of those people who looks at things through a political lens, it's like, nah, this nigga was a, cl- this nigga was a right-winger. You know what I mean? Yeah, Either that's that or right, he's- yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, ten years ago is when, like, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy dropped. And all- even then, he was, like, had a reputation as an asshole. We even had that song. Mm-hmm. You remind me of it when he said that. Like, this one's for an asshole. You know, like, <laughs> and like, there was that moment of redemption. I was like, oh, maybe Kanye is okay. Like, I remember like, being like, oh shit, like I love Kanye again. Hooray. Yeah. So, maybe you have to go back farther than that. But, um, well, yeah. when people tell you who they are, believe them. And we have kept this intro going way too motherfucking long. So real quick, we wanted to real quickly. There were some uh, some issues we wanted to shout out before we move into. Oh yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yes, before See, we look, get into that, you yes, forget about that. Yo, I smoked my bowl before we started. My memory, short term memory, is gone. All right, yeah. No, I just wanted to mention, you know, because we're in this uh, current news cycle where. Everybody is talking about Ukraine and the situation there is definitely terrible. And, you know, people are dying. The Russians are bombing cities. 
uh, indiscriminately killing kids and stuff like that. But I just want to take it as the resident African on this show just to remind people that there are currently like wild coups going on in Africa and, refu- and refugee crises of their own. Um, I think uh, Burkina Faso just had a military takeover. No! Uh, there was a failed one in Guinea Basu. So, I mean, you know, I mean, there's other there's other places where there's tensions on the rise and stuff like that. So it, I, it's not even like I understand. It's like I am not surprised that white Western media is focusing on their white Western shit. You know what I'm saying? But for people who aren't like tunnel visioned into that, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you should you know, go and, and, and read about some of the other things that are going on over the world because this Ukraine shit, as bad as it is, it is going to take up 24-hour news coverage at least for like the next year and a half, maybe two years. So you guys probably won't be hearing about much else. And I appreciate you framing it that way because you either see like leftists making fun of like libs about like, aha, you don't care about war when it's, when it's brown people and like we're libs being like not you know not now like you know why you got to distract from like those issues those issues are valid too but we're focused on ukraine right now like rather than people just having a genuine dialogue about this instead of folks that have a more robust anti-war stance where they are attention you know paying attention to conflicts international like genuinely international not genuinely international but like a more broad array of international conflicts can I comment uh, on that? Time, not just when the war is on white people, right? Um, Can and I just comment on what you just said, Maybe read up on this. Maybe find out about this rather than, like, poking fun at folks for not having known. Because it's not... I don't think it's just, like, the regular average person's fault that they don't know about this. It's, it's the media. Nah. It's the corporate media. And then, they don't tell also, you on top it. of that... On top of that, on top of that, with, like, some of these leftists who say shit like that, it's like... Nigga, I don't ever hear you talking about shit that's going on until some... You know what I mean? It's like... So I know. That way to ban like, this opportunity to kind of be a thing, only, like I see your point, but also why you gotta be like that? Like just, the, the, point, the point is valid. I'm not hating on the point, but it's just like, you gotta... You yourself have to be consistent. You know what I mean? So if I'm watching your shit or if I'm listening to you and you're somebody that I listen to on the regular and you weren't talking about fucking Burkina Faso, you know what I mean? Two months ago when the shit went down, then don't be like, oh, why are y'all talking about Ukraine? There's stuff going on in Brooklyn. You know, don't, don't do that now. Like, like everybody nah, is, Yeah, everybody shows some humility. Like, I just, you know, I just found out about this. I want to raise some awareness about it. Oh, thank you for educating me about that. Rather than just, like, being so stubborn about, like, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah. I'm right about the thing and I found out about two weeks ago. And you're a dick for find, finding out about it today. I'll find links down the line, but there, there are... You know, there's there's YouTube channels that cover African news and African politics and African occurrences. Tons of them. I mean, there's 54, 56 countries in Africa. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's people who are covering these things that, that you can find if you look for it. I'm just saying, again, I am not surprised that these things don't get covered by people who don't have an, you know, feel that don't necessarily have an interest in it i do and i'm just just spreading that out there for people who who also think that they might that there's a lot there's a lot of problems in the world so many problems in the world so many so many well let's uh take a break and get into this interview with mika huh yeah let's do it all right we'll be right back after the job witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back on Dealing Together where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? 
I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So, what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. All right, all right, all right. So today we are here with Mika Gadsden. I don't even know. You wear so many hats. And like, dude, like you are Charleston to me. Also with Charleston, I'm like, oh, you mean you mean Mika City, you know, like her queendom. It's a lot. So um, yeah, I will let you intro yourself for all our listeners this week. No Who are you? What you do? No problem. And thank you, first and foremost, talk about wearing many hats. Uh, you, you do it all yourself. But yeah, I'm Mika Gadsden. I'm based here in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I am the daughter of Jim Crow refugees. So I relocated to Charleston probably about eight years or so ago. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm an, I'm an activist. I'm an organizer. I'm a gadfly. Um, I piss people off. I interrogate power and all yeah. those things. And I, and I create, and I, I'm a Twitch streamer and podcaster. So that's me. <laughs> Not only is she out here in these streets, is she out here on these, um... In the interwebs. Uh, streams. Say what now? She out here on these streams. <laughs> oh, 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 you can tell who's the, who's the real rapper around here. I'm a fake rapper. Bars. Maximum, the real bars. Bars. But yeah, so, um, we had the pleasure recently of kind of speaking about the intersections between some of the projects we're working on. I spoke a little bit about um, my work with Town here in Athens, and there's a somewhat overlapping um, project that you are working on in Charleston called the Friends of Gadsden Creek, correct? Correct. So yeah, I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, um, I'll talk to you about this. I think, I think just like so many other towns, not just specifically Southern cities, um, Charleston has this long, this storied history um, of taking, taking land, um, taking agency uh, or attempting to remove agency. Um, and they do it through a myriad of ways. You know, all oppression is linked. And, um, but specifically here in Charleston, I mean, if they didn't create the patent for, hey, let's dump it to your backyard and then take your land and then, you know, enter you into a, a, a cycle of poverty, for generations, I don't know who. Um, I'm not saying that they want to earn that distinction, but Charleston has perfected this. Uh, what my friend calls my my brother in this struggle, uh, Cyrus Buffum calls uh, a pattern of taking. And um, yeah, the Friends of Gazin Creek. Uh, what we're trying to do is we leverage the archive and uh, trying to highlight this pattern. But now, more recently, since we've partnered uh, with you know the South Carolina Environmental Law Law a law group, uh, Scalp. Um, we're now taking it to the courts. And so um, we're taking on one of the biggest developers uh, here in Charleston that it's actually just another outgrowth of previous efforts to take land, to take home ownership, to take the ability to build equity from black Charlestonians. And so we're currently engaged in this fight where we're taking them up. And, it, you know, they're a formidable foe, but... We are mighty and we are persistent and uh, I'm encouraged by our fight. And, and we want to we want to we want to we want to explain to people this pattern. And I think also really quickly before I, I toss it back, we want to show black folk that environmental justice issues or environmental injustice is a black liberation issue. And, and that's one thing that we're all we're poised to do as well in this fight. 
Um, so just for our listeners' sake, when you say that Charleston has like a long history of pooping, could you give like an example? So yeah. for those who don't know, yeah. So uh, in the late 1930s, specifically, I- I'm going to keep you over here with Friends of Gazin Creek because um, what's done here on the peninsula. If you look at a map of Charleston, it's not just the tourism district or the tourism tourism region that resembles a thumb. Um, but that the thumb is the peninsula, but that's where we're going to stay, I think, for the majority of this of this conversation. And so back in the 1930s, there was a tornado that ripped through Charleston, um, the affluent area, as well as um, an area of, of Charleston called Gadsden Green, uh, also informally called Back the Green. Um, if you know anything about Charleston, you'll learn about the Gullah Geechee language. And, and so that probably um, was where that name emerged from, Back the Green. So um, as the tornadoes ripped through back to green, um, the affluent side of Charleston was allowed to rebuild and to, you know, um, you know, rebuild that the, the tourism and, and buildings and structures and, and residences, whereas the black uh, neighborhood. And this was a, a black neighborhood that actually held the most upwardly mobile, economically independent black people. These were teachers. These were fishermen. These were people who, um, you know, sold livestock. Um, they lived off of a creek called the Gadsden Creek, right up against Back the Green or, or Gadsden Green. And so uh, as this, this tornado comes through, it's disaster capitalism one-on-one. This was the time where the, 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 the previous mayors always eyed this part of Charleston because, you know, they wanted to create, I guess they wanted to, they wanted to create more real estate, but they also wanted to have more taxable land. Um, and so they started to, um, instead of black folk le- allowing them to rebuild their homes, they literally said, no, we're going to build a housing project um, and you're not good. And they called it a slum. It was a slum clearance. All those words that we know are very problematic, those phrases rather, that are very problematic. Um, uh, and so, you know, after this community, over 40 families, not 40 people, 40 families mobilized and organized to not only um, raise the money through fairs, um, you know, carnivals, uh, they also wrote this 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 amazing letter to the mayor at that time, Mayor Lockwood, saying, "Hey, no, no, we're we're we got this. We're gonna raise money. We're gonna we're gonna pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, all just to get like a one paragraph response from the mayor saying, "Nah, we're gonna we're gonna build this housing project." And the so they took black folks' ability to rebuild their homes, but also what they did, they started to dump that thumb I told you about. Well, the thumb wasn't as fat as it is now. So what they started to do specifically on this area, and they did it in other areas as well, they started to dump and, and fill in the marshland, the Tidal Creek area. This is a creek, again, that folks were baptized in, uh, that they uh, they earned a living from. Or shoot, they just fed their families from it. If you wanted to have crab or shrimp, you would just throw out whatever bait out the window. Literally, we've heard this from, you know, the great, the, the grandkids or whatever, or relatives of folks who remember the memories of sitting out a line to, to, to crab. Um, is the people lived off this creek and they they had um, they they earned a living off this creek. So they began the city began to dump into the marshland area, and um, that caused all kinds of problems, as you would imagine, yeah, from health to rodents um, and also flooding. And that's what we're contending with now. So um, you know, when you talk about taking, they didn't just take land; they took natural resources from Black folk over time. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? 
I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So, what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 Plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. It's interesting that it kind of comes in at both sides for both kind of addressing the side in which like weather disasters and natural phenomena, you know, what happens when those impact black people? You know, it's, it was very reminiscent to me. I'm in New Orleans right now. And so it's making me think of FEMA's response after the hurricane Katrina. Right. Um, and so then sort of forecasting forward to like what this can mean for our environmental justice struggle going forward. If we don't get climate change under control, we already got the we got the receipts for what they do when this happens to our communities. Mm, right. And on the other side, like a like a form of like racial terrorism, people don't think about when you mess with somebody's natural resources and like the land and the waters from which they draw life. And so you got that side of it too, linked in with this like narrative running throughout all of our histories um, as black people of just like theft yeah. and then some more theft and like oh you know what let's do a little bit more theft. Let me just have that and have that. <laughs> you using that? Oh, you oh you using it? Ah, no, 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 no. You're not using that. I'm, I'm gonna have that. Thank you. Right, right. Um, so what? So what does this mean for y'all today with regards to demands you're continuing to raise to your local government? In other ways, you're elevating this issue. Well, you you know, not unlike so many people, uh, probably not unlike some of the work you're you're involved with, Mariah, um, uh, and not unlike the the homies in New Orleans. Shout out to Pishon Battle and uh, Scrap Call Quest. It's just two people. Who I've worked or uh, done some projects uh, centering some of their work over the last couple of years. Um, you know uh, what it means is that we have to again uh, educate folks on the history, let folks know that you know those memories that your grandma, your auntie, your uncles kind of told you about. Those those you know these are real people. So like reanimating some of those figures from the past so that people can make a connection to it. And we've done that. I think we've done that well, not just alone, but with other partners uh, that we've collaborated with. Um, so we've told the story by leveraging the uh, the public archive again. Something I had learned from my my brother in this uh, Cyrus Buffum, um, and and so once we we told the story, and then we we go up against the powers that be, we make this um, we make this amazing case. And y'all get this, get this. This was case. What really gets me is that we've got engineers, we've got um, we've got scientists, we've got people who run the local aquarium, we've got all types of educators. Uh, all, I mean, it runs the gamut and, and not to say the credentials mean everything, but we've got all these credential folks saying, hey, don't fill this creek anymore because that's what we're fighting currently. We're, we're fighting the, the filling of the remaining four acres of, of, of tidal wetlands. It's still an operational tidal creek there that they have yet to fill to build luxury condominiums and whatnot. And so um, we've, we made this compelling case. Public outcry has been on our side. The majority of people who who gave public comment at hearings um, they've been on our side. And not only that, the kicker was our mayor took his took his raggedy self over to Amsterdam because, you know, the Dutch know how to live with water. Right. That's that's, the you know, I've been over there. Shout out. It was, it was great. Um, so they went over there for this thing called the Dutch Dialogues, came back and continued this Dutch Dialogues like series here where they performed caring. They performed listening to what the Dutch said. The Dutch, on top of all of our friends who are experts and engineers, the Dutch said, yeah, don't fill the creek. Revitalize it. Um, restore its tidal function so it can drain that flooding that was caused by, you know, decades and decades of, of filling and, and dumping. Um, but nonetheless, you know, the interest, the powers that be, the mayor, um, 
and who is a developer who was into commercial real estate before he took office and he took over for Mayor Riley, who a lot of people like to put up in high esteem after Mother Manual, but Mayor Riley was an ambitious developer for 40 years. 40 years we had mm-hmm. one mayor. Damn. 40 hyper tenure, like on another level. For 40 years, we had one mayor who was a real estate developer in that seat. And he is literally, if you look at census data, he literally flipped the black population, which was in the majority when he took office in the late 1970s. He, he, he flipped the population. And, and why I'm bringing that up in this conversation is because we're trying to we're trying to tell people that this was part of the plan the whole time. Mm-hmm. And some of the actors, mm-hmm. some of the last names and bad actors now, well, literally their fathers were a part of the original plan in the 70s to fill in and develop this area and to expel black people, black family, black history, black culture, and to bring in, you know, more more tourists, more white folk, more affluent white folk, et cetera. So right now, even though we've we've made our compelling case, um, they're not listening. So we're going to take you to the courts. And that's where we're at right now. We're taking one of the, the, the chief developer, West Edge, to court in June. Um, yeah, and so currently uh, we are, you know, we're, we're going through a lot of things, depositions and, and things like that. So, like, what... What do you think it is that y'all need? Because like you said that you've been working at this for a while. So what is it that you think you need at this moment that would like push it over the top? Because if public outcry is at a high pit and you guys are doing all this stuff and, you know, I mean, you're they're they're still resisting. Like, what do you think could push y'all over the top? Yeah. Like, first of all, even being here. Well, this is. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Mariah. Oh, so this is what we talked about when we met a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Like, okay, what were the tactics of, like, the Linton project? And, like, we told you about them, and it sounded pretty much like what y'all did. It's like, well, y'all must be up against some, like, especially evil people oh. if, like, y'all have done... It sounds like to even higher degrees than we did with Linton and they're still trying to resist y'all. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. what would you... What is, what is your, I'm interested to hear as well. What, what's your analysis of... Yeah, yeah, the... the, the, the what y'all need to... Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, um, get that's like a hard. I think I had an answer. Then I'm like, but no, I, I think be, being here is helpful. Like seriously, one thing about Charleston that they, they loathe is public, like national exposure. Ah, they loathe. They, they they might they'll deal with a couple of us tree huggers, you know. Um, but when it becomes a, a story um, in New York Times, because like, we've seen the tourism industry or, or rather I call it the antebellum industrial complex we've seen them respond to perhaps you know some stories that I've been involved with in the New York Times or other stories in the Washington Post about about some of the things that they do here the um so I think more exposure always helps um I think more we we love ideas the call we had with you Mariah um was so just so important because we were doing a lot of the things that you were suggesting which is not to say that oh yeah we did that no it was it was validation so being in community with other folks and learning new things because you also put us up on game so we learned new things but also it was validation to hear that okay yeah leveraging the archive that's a good step um getting the elders involved um shout out to mr john we were just over there yesterday um holding space with him and walking the creek and talking to him about upcoming legal action and how he's going to participate and so like having these partnerships with people who've been a part of that community even if they moved away um bringing them back in and our recent um a recent partner Kajum, which is a a, a a a it's like a christian a christian like justice ministry activist group well they they roll deep six thousand strong we're having a huge rally on april 4th um and we're, we're holding them the mayor's feet to the fire and even though he won't come and participate in this uh, action that we've asked him to come and participate and pledge that he won't fill the creek, the, the the optics of having, you know, hundreds and hundreds, if not a thousand people show up and advocate for this, this area, this neighborhood uh, is going to help put us a little bit over the top. But I think more exposure, more collaboration with other like-minded groups, especially in the South, people really do not give the South enough credit for organizing the blueprint is here we know this we know this historically and so um just continuing to build partnerships across the southeast has been really important yeah and then two things i wanted to like go back and just highlight one the mayor had to go cross the ocean to find the white people that live amongst water in order to 
get their confirmation mm. that like you like you should live amongst water, despite the fact that there was a rich and vibrant community of black people probably right down the street from him that was doing it. And it's like, yo, look, we out here doing it. It's like, mm, I don't know. I gotta go find. I gotta go find the whitest white people I can think of. Right. I have to consult with the whites first. <laughs> it, it's not real. It's not real unless you have a white man telling you. You know, with a, with a nice, you know, with a funky accent, no shade, but like, you know, what I mean, it's not, it's not real unless you do that. And to your point, yo, like, like Charleston is the cradle of slavery. Charleston is the cradle of slavery. My last name is tied so directly to one of the biggest, uh, you know, um, traffickers of African and slave Africans, Gadsden, right? Um, and so I'm bringing that up because the African people that they stole came from certain coastal regions. Uh, where they had the best, like, I guess um, they were engineers. They were, they were these brilliant scientific minds that also worked with the water and, and also taught white folk here how to, how to irrigate, how to create these rice fields. You know, more, more land and soil was moved to create these, these rice plantations than were moved for the pyramids in Egypt. And so mm-hmm. to just imagine the brilliance. And then when you, when you learn more, y'all, when you learn more about the Gullah Geechee traditions of living with water, surviving hurricanes, preparing and rebuilding communities after hurricanes and things like that, you know, why wouldn't you tap those resources? Because there are, there are so many black oystermen, black fishermen, crabbers, you know, all types of folks who live off the water. You, you, you know, this is not a lofty thing is to see a black man with a boat in Charleston, mm. you know, because that's, that's how people live and, and, and enjoy nature. Um, and so, yeah, he went all around the world and I, 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 uh, when you could just went down the highway and, uh, <laughs> and really, and just really tap some, re- like, and, and that's the thing about Charleston. They will not, they will not look to black people for that brilliance. You know, they will not look and seek that out. The gems of brilliance among us here, they rather go ac- across the globe, um, to get that white European, um, validation. And that, that just shows you their priorities and how skewed they are. So it's hard enough that you guys are dealing with the city and everything like that, but how is like the effects of climate change affecting oh some goodness. of the, yeah. the, the fight that you guys are doing? I don't know if I'm going to be here like in five years, seriously, the, 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 look, okay. So this is my story. Jersey girl born and raised, but my dad semi retired when I was in 10th grade. So I actually finished high school down here, but I was pure out because Charleston was just too regressive, wanted to be near culture, and I and went to I went to undergrad in the New York metro area. Um, I'm saying that because I remember being here. Flooding was a thing. We're below sea level. Charleston's been below sea level. That's not a secret. Flooding was a thing, but it wasn't this thing. When I came back around 2014 to see us, I didn't know about sunny day flooding. That mm. you know the water just what is that? <laughs> It's just, it's just, it, you know, the table is full, like literally below us. And a lot of people like to talk about, and shout out to my my homie, also part of the FOGC click, Amarin, um from Pratt. She and her her uh, her comrades at Pratt up in Brooklyn, they actually did a lot of district, uh, a lot of research for us regarding tips. And I'm, I'm bringing that up because they've also been telling me about, hey, yeah, you worried about the storm surge and other sea level rise, but you're not worried about the sea level rise that's like beneath our feet and so rainy day flooding is one as like a byproduct of some of that that there's water uh that we don't even we don't even know how to deal with that's coming up so when it's brilliant and beautiful days like today we went we were out and back to green yesterday there were puddles all over the place it wasn't any rain i at least in the last 48 hours so so what is that so so you have that and you have um you know when it when it rains even for literally 20 minutes and not nothing torrential, just regular everyday drizzle. It can literally shut down uh, the main thoroughfares for students and families to get to school and work. And so lots of kids have stayed home in this specific area. And that's pretty much consistent around the peninsula. They've been filling in the marshland, the tidal creeks all around the peninsula for so long that it's, it's just exacerbated this issue. And now the, the, the tale of two cities Back to green, you'll go on a rainy day, you'll see sandbags on everyone's front stoop. But over on like south of Broad Street, where the more affluent affluent area is, you actually have people hiking up their houses. They're jacking up their houses because they know that sea level rise is imminent. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. So, you know, when you come here, you'll see two different approaches. And, you know, black people can't lift the projects up. You know, we we can't do that. But um, also, again, shows you the priorities of the city as well. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about it before as kind of one of the issues that, you know, kind of gets overlooked when people are talking about climate change is how it's going to affect poor people and marginalized communities quicker than it's going to affect those that don't have to live like that. Yeah. Mm One thing I wanted to circle back to, the second thing I want to circle back to, was um, public education around this history. Um, as I, I mean, I feel like it's something we did well, but also with engaging like newer generations, Gen Z and folks like that. I'm working with like elders in our community to think about how we can reach them. I mean, we got like technologies that they they never even seen. Like they might have heard of TikTok or something, but like very foreign to them. And so, kind of engaged in like. Uh, like a t- like a um, almost like an ideological tussle around like we're trying to open that's one of the demands of the Linton project they wanted a Black History Museum built and we got the you know the space for it carved out we're working out you know the funding etc but really like the contents of it are like of a lot of debate because like they want to have some like photos of their like grandparents and stuff I'm like but what if we had like a virtual reality like simulation or you can walk through and see the neighborhood. So like things like that. So I'm wondering like for you, what have you found to be a success or struggles that you've encountered with regards to educating people on the history? Yeah, that's that's why I'm on Twitch, right? So one thing about me yeah. um, is is I'm on Twitch. I'm, I'm probably, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm probably one of the older members of Friends of Gadsden Creek. I'm 41. And so, um, mm-hmm. but one thing about me, I know that the work has to remain nimble and dynamic and mm-hmm. so it's it I'm not afraid of technology um I've embraced it I've, I've gone back to, to school and whatnot and I've just literally just you know taught myself to do everything from podcasting to to creating digital content across different mediums and um and through that I've learned a love of sharing that information I've seen a really favorable response uh take take for instance um Black History Month that just passed. Um, I didn't want to just do the regular, not no shade, but I didn't want to just do, if, if you know about Charleston history, you know a lot about Denmark, VC, which I did pay tribute to him. I wanted to pay tribute to to women um, like Mary Moultrie, who led that famous hospital worker strike with Coretta Scott King, um, you know, after MLK was assassinated. This was one of, probably, arguably one of the mo- more significant moments in civil rights history is not painted as such, but it was so tremendous in terms of, you know, uh, organizing hospital workers that were predominantly black and women. Um, But when I when I started to create content around Mary Moultrie, everyone knows her story. But when I created TikToks or or Reels, when I tell people that, hey, we had this public art space or this this entertainment hall called the the King Street Palace or the County Hall where MLK spoke at and and even Farrakhan and Salt and Pepper and Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G., it was, it was written as Biggie Smalls on paper, but but you know, like, look, black 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 culture used to be people because they've done so much to erase our contributions. So to your to your point, there is a museum being built, and it does have some controversy there because it it, it, it they're trying to put all of Charleston's black history inside of this museum, and it's not it doesn't sound similar to what you just mentioned. It's not from the people by the people. It's it's from mm-hmm. it's from the same developers who want to say, hey, we did this thing, now shut up, black people. You know, we, we gave you this. And so it's more so a shrine to the um, the, the, the predecessor, the, the mayors that, that preceded the current one. But but mm-hmm. to that point, that's why it's important to create these digital spaces where, um, like a TikTok, I went to the, to the DeSable Museum in Chicago uh, back in November, and they had the virtual reality headsets. And they put us right there at the March on Washington, for, uh, you know, March on Washington with MLK. And like, what would it feel like for my mom to sit there and put that on or my dad to put those, you know, put that on and, and experience that we can do that here with our history and culture. So it's something that we're talking about. I think that's something I'm more so passionate about um, because I'm in this tech space and trying to make this information more accessible. Um, and so I, I, I love the question because it just it, it gives you endless possibilities of what we could do, and how organizing could look like, what it could look like. Definitely, definitely. Well, I mean, one thing I definitely struggle with, it's funny, my older colleagues, I'm the youngest person on the commission. And so they're always like, how do you, how are you always getting these young folks to apply for these boards and authorities and like showing up to speak? And they're like kind of mad about it. They don't like it. And then the elders in my community are like, well, I didn't hear about that. I'm like, dang, like I only, you know, posted about that on Instagram or whatever. Like I also need to be mindful of like uh, multi-generational ways of, of informing all of, you know, as a 
the public because you know our movements have to be multi-generational have to um but yeah i mean i think um, i really appreciate the ways that you bring in new medias um because the young folks are going to be the ones to carry the struggle forward after all of us sitting here are gone you know so that's dope i appreciate you for that i'm gonna take some notes i'll be like oh okay but 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 i guess and and let me answer your question a little bit more directly like oh so i'm creating this content i'm talking to the elders right so i'm not Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh no this woman she used to live here and she gave me a little tidbit and so listening to our older generations has been paramount to, to my success as an organizer and, of course, to our collective, the Friends of Gadsden Creek. So, um, I, yeah, finding ways to integrate, you know, what they have to say has been a challenge, but a good challenge. One of those good challenges, those good problems where, you know, you're always finding better solutions every, every month or so. Yeah. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You got any more, Mara? Did you have? Oh, I mean, did you have some? Uh, no, I mean, no. I'm, I'm enjoying listening to y'all talk. Oh boy. <laughs> what else? You, what else you working on? What, what else you working on? That you want the people to know about? I honestly, I just need people to, to get on this Twitch. Like, I, I, I want people to not be intimidated by it. They don't have to subscribe. They don't have to even create a, an account. Twitch is just a website, as I, as my friends always say. Um, and I want to just, it's a morning show. So every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m., I live stream for at least two hours. Sometimes I go as long as four. Sometimes in the evening, I do a, a double day where I come back and I live stream city council from home. And we watch together and we prep people days in advance to submit comment from home. Now that we have all these tools where, it's, you know, uh, participating in government is, should be and is more accessible so I have people submit their written or wait online on the phone, but they can tune in and watch Twitch. And so I'm trying to use Twitch as a way to really get into people's homes. And uh, to, it's, a, it's, a morning, it's a local morning show in a city like Charleston that's doing everything <laughs> in its power to displace or re- to replace local voices with aggregated, you know, or syndicated voices. 
Um, I, I my mine is a little spicy now. I cuss in the morning, and <laughs> we in the south. I'm a northern girl, and so I know that don't always culturally fit. You waking up and choosing violence, huh? Oh my God, spicy, and like so, <laughs> so yeah. Maybe the kiddos can't hear it in the car during the carpool in the morning, but the, if people give it a shot, they hang with it long enough, and they see how dogged I am at like excavating. I mean, I'm I just went through the mayor's receipts last week, and it was just conflicts of interest and people really responded to oh i didn't know his dad uh owned this company and i didn't know mayor riley uh created this this foundation that's really just a development company through the city using city money i didn't know that they created they have nine tiff districts on the peninsula alone where they're siphoning off money from public education just to subsidize these development projects so like that's what i like to do and, and what i love about twitch is it's not so it's not TikTok, it's not Instagram in that you can have a long form it's long form content where you can have an extended conversation about some of these things. Plague in Charleston and also we celebrate, we have fun, I use sound effects. It's not meet the press. It's <laughs> it's really dynamic and, and lively and you know, come check out a girl with frizzy hair, embraces, you know, talk shit. That that thing yeah, that'll wake you up. <laughs> So okay, so where can uh, what what what's the uh, where can they find the show? Where can they find you and what you're doing? Sure, on Instagram you can find me at Charleston Activist Network. Um, on Twitter it's just me, Mika Gadsden. I'm more active on that. Um, but Twitch, Twitch is Twitch, T W I, T W I. I'm all like now now I'm like trying to spell T W Twitch T W I T C H dot T V forward slash Mika Gadsden M I. K-A-G-A-D-S-D-E-N. So yeah, twitch.tv forward slash Mika Gadsden is where you can find me. And I really, the more the merrier, even if you don't, even if you're just a lurker, as I call them, even if you're just a lurker (laughs) and you don't want to participate in the chat, come and check it out and watch for a couple hours if you can. Yeah, one of these days we're going to have to hop on that stream, yo, please for do. real. Please do. It's fun. It's fun. We keep it We keep it really lively, for sure. But thank you so much, Mika, for coming and joining us. Um, we'll see you on Twitch. Yes. And um, we'll see you out here winning one of these days. Yeah, y'all invited. I do interviews. Y'all invited. Come on over. Definitely, yo. All right, y'all. That was Mika Gadsden. That was a really dope conversation. Am I pronouncing cool her name right? We definitely got to go on that Twitch stream and talk to her more for sure. Oh hell yeah! I want to break into the Twitch world. I want to get into all that streaming shit. I want to. I want to do. There's so much I want to do, y'all. Like I, I, I want to make like a, a YouTube channel and shit. Like I want to be able to just like I want to just like drop like week update raps on people and stuff. Like I want to do all that shit. Well, I'll tell you what. Remember last time when I. Uh, was like, yo, we are for real waiting on reparations. My Venmo is Mariah Parker too. We had My one Venmo dude, one listener, nine. send me fifty dollars. I don't remember your name, homie, but I appreciate you. So all I'm saying is, if you're trying to like, we're trying to, you know, like make this, you know, expand our media empire. You can fund that yeah. by sending Max some money on whatever. At Dope Knife, at Dope Knife on at Venmo. Dope knife. Go to the band camp, buy some shit. You know what? We're even going to make a waiting on reparations band camp and have, like, uh, exclusive audio and, and merch and some other things. we got to straighten all that out. But all that shit is in the work. Um, but speaking yeah, of... Yeah, that's the homie that me bucks. Appreciate you. Word up. Um, you feel like rapping? Well, as a matter of fact, I had a new single come out yesterday. Um, oh, did you? I did. Well, I would mean, you like for it's coming out. That it's coming out Wednesday, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, I would love to play y'all my new tunes called Necessity. It's off Bell Ringer, so you can go download the single today or pre-order the album. But uh, yeah, uh, let's peep peep this. Um, and the song goes out to all my messy bitches that uh, I don't want to say turn their lives around, but also like keep it keep it 100, like in their passion and professional pursuits. And all in her, I love you. You never made me come with this fake to shut you up. And all in her, I never love you. I your roommate and your bandmates so hard I couldn't stand straight. I'm not saying it was wise to do, but what I'm trying to say is I kind of hate you. But life's so full of obstacles when you ain't got your pockets full. So you could spot me $200 and buy me food, then maybe we could try to make it work. Picture this, October 2015. It's an understatement to say that I'm drowning in the sea of work at the university curves that I'm taking personally. My ex got a new girl, but he's still pouncing on the sneak. Cause that coochie is.
as juicy as a quarter pounder with cheese. But otherwise, I'm pretty worthless. Did I mention that my house is full of fleas from a taffy cat and naps in the kitchen cabinets? He's not there. So we're doing to catch him mouses while he sleeps up in the cobwebs. That form, because even though I got bread, I ain't bought bread ever since I lost the willpower to eat, willpower to clean, willpower to pay the power, pay the dentist in the hospital, pay the internet, the water bill, done up the offices, pay for kitten chows and all this little nigga hostage like he's sentenced to a Cosby did. But not no fault of his, I just adopted him because I needed a friend, needed somebody to be with, just needed body heat in the bed. Oh yeah, and my cat's named Eggs. Waiting on reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.